I'd like to welcome all of you to our time together in worship this morning. It is good to be together across time and space and place. Um, I'm recording this from home today, and so if you hear any uh, little whimpering or pitter-patting of feet or perhaps even a bark, just know that uh, my dear companion dog, Chauncey, is spending the morning with us as well. So hopefully he can stay uh, he can stay nice and quiet during all of this. But nonetheless, it is good to worship with all of creation. Let us begin our worship in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, We confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And let us pray together our prayer of the day. Holy God, our righteous judge, daily your mercy surprises us with everlasting forgiveness. Strengthen our hope in you and grant that all peoples of the earth may find their glory in you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our first reading today comes from the book of Second Timothy. As for me, I am already being poured out as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. At first, my defense, no one came to my support. But all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me for the Lord's heavenly kingdom. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
and the Holy Gospel for us this day comes to us from Luke, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So whenever I meet a new person and we get to the what do you do for a living portion of getting to know each other, and I tell them that I'm a pastor, if they do not go to church, they often feel compelled to tell me why they don't go to church, even though I haven't asked them the question, uh, nor is it really going to affect my opinion of this brand new person that I just met moments ago. And the stories that always break my heart from people as they try to explain to me why they don't go to church are the ones where people tell me that the reason they don't go and can never return to church, perhaps outside of funerals and weddings, is because of something someone said to them or did to them. And the person who said or did whatever it was to cause them not, and, and the reason or the person, you know, who said or did whatever it was to cause them to not go back to church anymore, the reason varies. You know, it can be the pastor or a priest, a deacon or an elder, a random member of the congregation. And the stories vary just as greatly. I've heard from people who left abusive marriages who were told that they weren't following the Bible and were going to hell. I've heard from people who had terrible illnesses or their family members had terrible illnesses who were told that they must have done something for God to punish them like this. I've heard from people who were told that they weren't allowed by God to love and marry the person they love and wanted to marry. And I could go on and on, and I'm sure many of you know people with stories like these or even have them yourselves. And what all of these stories have in common, besides poor biblical interpretation, is that every single person was told that God's love in Jesus Christ wasn't big enough for them. Furthermore, God's love excluded them, and it wasn't far-reaching enough for them. Dear friends, what we believe about God, and therefore what we say about God, matters and has real consequences. And this takes us to our story from Luke today about the Pharisee and the tax collector, And this story that Jesus tells is one where he is exaggerating the characteristics and actions of the two characters to try and make his point. So the Pharisees, and this is is true, uh, were well-read and well-educated Jewish people who helped others to know and live out God's law known as the Torah. And conversely, tax collectors were some of the most despised people by the Jewish people because they were seen as co-conspirators and co-oppressors with Rome. 
They would overcharge people on their taxes and give to Rome what belonged to Rome and keep the rest for themselves. And even though everyone knew that this is what tax collectors were doing, they had no concrete proof of it. The risk wasn't worth taking them to court over it, and Rome wouldn't have cared anyway as long as they got their share. And Jesus goes on to tell us what they are saying in their prayers in the temple. And again, it sounds a little melodramatic because Jesus is exaggerating their characteristics and is trying to make a point that what we believe about God matters. Because if and when we start to draw lines about who's in and who's out, as the Pharisee did, about who is in and out of God's ability to love or to make distinctions about who God loves more, we've missed the point of what Jesus did for all people on the cross. The point of the cross is the point of the cross of Jesus Christ is that it is the great equalizer which erases all our human distinctions of who can be considered worthy and lovable by God because in Jesus Christ all people are worthy and lovable by God just as they are. And it can be easy to read this story and to think that the point of it is to be more like the tax collector and not to be like the Pharisee. But when we do that, we've just done what the Pharisee did by casting him out as someone less worthy of God's love. Rather, I think the point of this story is the reminder that what we believe and say about God matters because it does affect how we think about and how we treat others in the world, just as we heard from all of those stories from people about reasons they can't come back to church. And then what this story does is that it invites all of us further into the tensions found in the cross of Christ and asks us just how big do we believe God's love is. You see, the cross of Jesus Christ is full of tensions and paradoxes. From the cross, death was turned into life, shame was turned into glory, disconnection was turned into reconciliation, and those promises are given to all people, and they are given to you. They are real for all people and for you today and always. So we can be thankful that in the cross of Jesus Christ, God's love is enough for both the Pharisee and the tax collector at the same time. Because that is how big God's love is. And we can be thankful that God's love is big enough for all people on their best days and their worst days, all at the same time. And God's love is big enough for you on your best days and your worst days, all at the same time. Because this is how big God's love is. There is no place where you or anyone else can be removed from it. Amen. We will sing together now the hymn, Abide With Me. And as always, I encourage you to sing along if you have the words or know the words.
whole church, let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now may Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. And we go in peace to share the good news. Thanks be to God.